And in this third Sunday of Advent, uh, we're invited to reflect on joy, which can be difficult to practice when we're in the midst of distress and disruption. And yet Advent invites us to hold the tension of uncertainty, of waiting, with the joyful hope of what's to come. And we hold both the weight of the pain and distress that comes with our human experience, and at the same time, we hold the hope and joy that comes with the arrival and presence of God in the form of a baby. And as much as we're hoping for a season of rest and pause and reflection, our current reality is filled with distress and disruption. Whether it's family dynamics, the state of the ongoing pandemic, the frustrating conversations around politics, all the different forms of loss and grief that we experienced this past year. And yet with all of that, we're still invited into a space and practice of joy. Uh, this is how Benedictine monk David Stendelrost reflects on joy. He says, joy is the happiness that doesn't depend on what happens. And usually we have the idea when something nice happens, then I'm happy. And when something bad happens, I'm unhappy. You can be unhappy and yet joyful. We don't think of that, but there is a deep inner peace and joy even in the midst of sadness. If we feel our way into it, we know that. And that kind of joy is what we really want because happiness is not steady, but joy can be steady. And so in our shortened liturgy this morning, I just want to offer a quick reflection uh, on the lectionary text from Philippians. And the question I want to reflect on this Advent season is as we continue to navigate distress and disruption, both inside and outside of the lives that we have, what practices might invite us to embody joy? And so we start in verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. And so just to offer some context, Paul's writing this letter from prison, uh, and he knows his future is not going to end well. He's probably going to die in prison. And yet he writes to the Philippian community to rejoice, to practice joy in all situations. And at the surface level, right, it seems like the takeaway is simply to just be joyful all the time even in stressful and painful circumstances, right? You just have to bear through it. You just have to grit through it. Just be joyful. But I think at a deeper level, I think this is a theological invitation from Paul. When he says rejoice in the Lord, it's an invitation to, to reflect on the Christ story and how our practice of joy isn't dependent on our situation or even on ourselves to generate and instead, we're invited to base our joy on how Jesus chose to enter our world, to be in solidarity with the marginalized. We're invited to base our joy on how Jesus' love for us isn't dependent on what we do or don't do. We're invited to base our joy on how he became the scapegoat of our violence in order to end the cycle of violence and offer a way of peace. And so for us, maybe during this season of Advent, even as we're supposed to be reflecting on the arrival of Jesus, maybe at the same time we can also reflect on the full story, the full life of Christ, 
because that's where the source of our joy rests. And then Paul continues in verse 5. Let your gentleness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. And so he expands on how we might embody joy by inviting us to practice a posture of gentleness with others. And I don't think that's what our culture embraces or values because gentleness looks like weakness or it looks like giving in. And so I think this strikes me as timely given what we're enduring collectively as a country, even what many of us are experiencing in our personal relationships. Because Paul invites us to be known for our gentleness to everyone. That includes those who might be the source of our distress. Those who don't agree with our worldview. Those who might instigate conflict and hurt in our lives. And so Paul's invitation to practice gentleness isn't meant to create a sense of powerlessness. Instead, if we look at the the word, the Greek word that Paul uses for gentleness, it's actually associated with not being overly impressed with our self-importance. And so there's power in self-awareness and humility in not needing to feed our egos and choosing a more gentle way with others. It's actually empowering to choose a path of kindness instead of allowing anger and resentment to drain away joy in our lives. And so for us, who, who are those that we might need to embody gentleness with? Which family members? Which difficult coworkers? Which neighbors? How might we imagine a posture of empowered gentleness? And how would that look like with that person? How might tenderness lead to joy instead of bitterness, resentment, and anger? And then Paul closes in verse 6. He says, Do not worry about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And so Paul offers a final practice for how we might embody joy more fully, which is through prayer shaped by gratitude. Some of the barriers to joy are anxiety and worry, and his counter to that is a practice of gratitude. And again, that can be a difficult practice when you're holding the tensions of things that are difficult and painful while also holding things that are gifts that are extremely life-giving. This is how David Sendel Ross reflects on gratitude. He says, not everything that's given to you can you really be grateful. You can't be grateful for war or violence or domestic violence or sickness. There are many things for which you cannot be grateful but in every moment, you can be grateful. And what we experience when we are grateful is that something lifts up our hearts. That joy, that is gratitude. And that joy is prayer because it lifts up our heart. We are made for that. And that's the reality of the tension we hold when we attempt to practice gratitude in the midst of difficult experiences. 
You know, for me, this past year here at Vox has been filled with distress and disruption, with our staff transitions, with navigating a pandemic, with the challenges of reopening, uh, with the process of hiring a new pastor to join our team. And while there were definitely moments of worry and anxiety, uh, there was also a great sense of gratitude that I noticed within me. Gratitude for our leadership team that bore the weight of the decisions and processing uh, as a result of our staff transitions. Gratitude for the tech team that made a seamless transition to online liturgy. Gratitude uh, for all the voices within Vox and even around the country, even on the other side of the world, who offered us homilies while we were online last year. Gratitude for our search committee that navigated the long and tedious process of sifting through candidates for our pastoral, pastoral team. And gratitude for this community that has offered me and my family care and support and encouragement just through kind words or generous acts. There's so much gratitude underneath all the distress and disruption. And that gratitude has allowed joy to remain within me. And so Vox, my hope for us in the remainder of this Advent season and even beyond is that we would have a new imagination for what it means to practice gratitude and contemplation and gentleness so that we might actually experience a peace that also transcends our imagination. And perhaps it's in that space of peace that we will be able to more fully embody the joy of Christ. And so let me close with the words that Paul finishes up the rest of this text with. Finally, beloved, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is pleasing, whatever is commendable. If there is any excellence, and if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Keep on doing the things that you have learned and received and heard and seen in me. And the God of peace will be with you. And so we ask all this in the joy of God, our creator, the gentleness of Christ, and the peace of the spirit. Amen.